have your Bible, turn to John chapter number 11, and that'll be page uh, 1130, uh, 1130 in your Schofield King James Bible. And if you don't have one of those, then throw what you got away and I'll give you a good Bible. Amen. John chapter number 11. John chapter number 11, page 1130. And then you want to just flip right over and keep your finger there to John chapter number 20, page 1144. All right? And we'll start John chapter 11. And then we'll move right over to John chapter number 20. I'm going to let you be, stay seated tonight. And we'll get right on into the message. Again, let's go throne of grace. Josh, how about you praying, buddy? Yes, help us. Yes, Lord, help us. Amen, amen. John chapter number 11, verse 14. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent you may believe, nevertheless, let us go into him. Let me just stop right there and just kind of quickly just give you the, the foundation of the story. The Lord had gotten word that his friend Lazarus was sick, of course, and he died. And in the story, they had said, Now listen, Jesus, if you go, if you go there, the Jews are going to kill you. You don't really need to be going there. That you know they're going to kill you if you go there. And so they have done given this warning, and yet he's uh, and he's going through this discussion about he's sleeping, and they said, Well, Lord, if he's asleep, let's leave him alone. Then Jesus plainly said, he's dead. And, and he said, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, he said, let us go into him. Then said Thomas, now understanding the foundation, Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. If he's going to go and get killed, we might as well just go with him and die. Now, will you like him or dislike him? Hallelujah. That's a pretty good, that's at least a pretty good statement. And, and, and at least he's saying, you know, man, I'm willing to die for Jesus. Chapter number 20, fast forward a few days. In chapter 20, verse 24, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. He said unto them, Except I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Time out, Thomas. You're willing to die for Jesus? But now you're doubting? 
Jesus is even alive? So with the help of God, I want to preach on dying for Jesus one minute, doubting Jesus the next. He said, unless, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus. Door being shut, stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. And it good, he always brings a truckload of peace. Amen. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger. Behold my hands. Reach hither my hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, Thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. The disciples were gathered in the upper room. As a matter of fact, for three and a half years, they had followed Jesus. They had watched him being crucified. They had watched him die. No doubt that day their hopes their dreams, the world was literally shattered and came tumbling to the ground. As a matter of fact, here they were, a group of men hiding in a room, terrified, wondering, will they come and get us? What are we going to do? And the Bible says, that without opening the door, without knocking, without opening a window, the Bible said he, he, he literally just came into their midst. I'd like to report tonight, Jesus, you're welcome in our midst. You don't even have to knock, just come right on in. And the Bible says, and when he had, had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his sides. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Tonight, if we could see him, I guarantee you, it could change your world. One of the results of, of having a living, resurrected Savior is this, that we no longer have to live in fear. Well, I love what Brother Alan had to say. Praise God. I'm glad today Jesus came into my heart and saved me. I don't have to live in fear regardless of what this crazy world may do. Jesus appeared and all of a sudden, I want you to know they were, they were excited. They were thrilled. And it's amazing. It just seemed like every time Jesus shows up, as he did to two followers coming home from Emmaus. They found out Jesus was a companion. They found out Jesus went a conversation with them. They, they found out Jesus could correct some thinking they had. They found out Jesus desired a communion with them. They found out Jesus was going to commission them. 
And while they're running back to Jerusalem and they get there, they find out that Jesus has already showed up there. And the Bible says, and as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But note, but Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. As a matter of fact, he wasn't the only one. There was another disciple missing there as well. We don't talk about him because we know why he's not there. His name is Judas. He's betrayed Jesus. He's tried to give the money back and he's finally, he's finally literally went to his own place. We know why he's not there. But where's Thomas? Why's Thomas not in his place? I wonder why Thomas was not there. Well, tonight, with the help of God, I want to share with you three things and I, I believe if we'll allow God to help us, we'll, we'll get some help. Number one, what's the reason had to be a reason why he was not there. Well, let me tell you, I believe there was at least two reasons why Thomas wasn't there. Number one, Thomas doubted. The belief that had been in his heart had turned into unbelief. Now listen, dear Christian. If you're here tonight, you're saved. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus. You know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Would, Would you get a hold of this? You remember the time that you believed and you trusted Jesus and you believed Him for everything. Don't miss this. You're not careful. That doubt can lead to unbelief taking the place of belief. Thomas found himself doubting. It's in his voice. His his language betrays him. You know, well, I, I just don't know if I agree with missions and No, you just don't believe. Well, I know that 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 I started out in faith promise, but I don't believe you just said unbelief has taken the place of belief. And what happens was Thomas doubted. Except I see in his hands the prints of the nails. Those of you that's been saved over a month, how many of you have ever seen heaven, physically seen heaven? Raise your hand. How many of you believe there is a heaven? Amen. Raise your hand. Hallelujah. You mean to tell me You believe you're going to a place you ain't never seen. It's not good English, but you get it. You mean to tell me you, how many of you have seen God? I like what the little boy was doing. He was, he was painting and teacher said, what are you doing? He said, I'm drawing a picture of God. She, and she said, son, nobody knows what God looks like. That he said, they will when I get done. (laughs) Amen. Believe his faith. In, in chapter 11, he, Thomas said, I, I tell you, if he's going to Jerusalem and die, we, we, let's just go, fellas. Come on, fellas. We're going to die with him. But in just a few short chapters, 
He said, I'm telling you now, I'm not believing nothing that I can't see. I gotta see the imprints, I gotta see his sight, I've got to see what happened. Thomas doubted. Unbelief had taken the place of his belief. Are you there tonight? John, by the way, he wasn't the only one. John the Baptist came preaching. I mean, he came preaching. Uh, the Bible says that uh, he let the Jordan River preaching uh, a hell hot and heaven sweet, seeing black Jesus saved and repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. One day he stood and Jesus came and he looked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. But in a few days, he's in a prison. He hears what Jesus is doing. And he gets some disciples and he said, Listen, I'm not, I'm not sure about this. And John calling them to his disciples, sent them to Jesus said, Art thou he that should come? Or look we for another, and the man of God has doubted. He's doubted. Now listen, there's going to be times in your Christian life that you're, I, you, you said, man, I tell you what, praise God, hallelujah, my faith will never doubt. Peter said that. Peter said that. Till he's warming around the fire. Aren't you, no, 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 I'm not one of them. Aren't you, no, no, no. Aren't you? I said blank me, blank, blank. You know, some of you used to have a faith that believed I'm going to trust Jesus with my life, my substance. I'm going to trust Jesus with everything there is. But something's happened. You've started doubting. Number two, I believe Thomas got discouraged. Don't miss this. Unbelief will get you discouraged very, very quickly. One of the reasons I believe Thomas got discouraged was this. He didn't see the total picture. I, I mean, as a matter of fact, he's not the only one. I believe all of them were discouraged and doubting. They had watched. Their hero, they had watched their leader, they had watched the Savior, they had watched Jesus, they had watched this. And, and, and I'm standing amazed at this, because I'm, I'm telling you, they had a little bit of badness in them. Jesus told them in pretty good detail exactly what was going to happen. But it's like somebody in our church, you know, shoot, went right over top of their head. They didn't get it. Amen. And, uh, and Jesus told him in pretty good detail what was going to take place. And yet when it happened, they were doubting, they were fearful, they were scared, they were discouraged. May I say though, the night that all of that could have gotten help, Thomas wasn't there. See, the one place Thomas could have gotten the entire picture was at that service. The one place he could have found out that what Jesus said three days and I'll raise this temple up again if he'd just been in that service he would have found out that Jesus was a living and for eight days he would not have been discouraged because he would have gotten the big picture had he just been there in that service. But he wasn't. 
It is absolutely amazing what God may have for every one of us here tonight because you're in a service. See, we get discouraged because we don't see the big picture. He just saw Jesus die. He just saw Jesus crucified. He may have even watched from a distance as they took the body. He may have seen all of that. But that's not the whole picture. That's not the complete picture. I, I, I'm going to tell you, praise God, uh, the, 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 the Muslims, they, they don't have the complete picture. You know why? Because their God's still dead. Buddha's God is still dead. But I want you to know, I don't serve a dead God. But when we start doubting and we get discouraged and we miss an opportunity to be in the house of God, what happens is we don't see the big picture. Because had he been there that night, Jesus showed up and said, Hey boys, I ain't in a tomb. Amen. I'm alive and I live forevermore. Hallelujah. So when we get discouraged because we don't see the big picture, Wellington, the British general, was engaged in a battle with Napoleon at Waterloo. People were watching for some signals of the battle. They didn't have telephones, uh, cell phones, hallelujah, Facebook, text, they didn't have none of that. Uh, and so, but so what they would do, they would wait at the harbor. And when the ship would come in, they would signal from the bay what was happening in the battle. Ship came into the harbor and began to flash a message. The first message came. First word was Wellington. The next word was defeated. For some unknown reason, a fog moved in to where they couldn't signal no more. And the last, the words they got was Wellington defeated. The heart of all the British peoples sank. And... Uh, I mean, they'd given up hope. We've been defeated. The British crown is at stake and, and, and the heart was gloomy and dark. But then the fog began to lift and when it did, they started singling, uh, giving signals again. And the rest of the message was Wellington defeated the enemy at Waterloo. And what was a defeated message became a victorious message. Can I help you tonight? If you're doubting and discouraged, you can sit at home and be defeated. Come to the house of God and it's a victory message to lift you up and help you get past that time. Thomas saw Jesus die. Jesus said it's finished. He bowed his head. But I'm going to tell you, that ain't the end of the story. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad it's not. Number one reason. He doubted and he got discouraged. Second thing, let's see the results. What did he lose in that service? Now I want you to listen here because every service we miss, and I understand sickness. I, I know that. We got some now. Miss Linda's mom they don't have a choice. They can't leave her home by herself. Somebody's got to care for her. I understand that, and I believe God does as well. But can I say, when we lose that service, what did he lose? Number one, he lost a testimony. 
Thomas was not with them when Jesus came, but there was somebody else who wasn't there too. And that's Judas. Now, don't you listen to me. And as far as other disciples knew, Thomas was just like Judas. They didn't have any reason to think different. They didn't know why he wasn't there. They just knew he wasn't there. Thomas lost his testimony. And he cast his lot with those who had crucified and betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. See, when you don't, when you know, when, do you know that when you're not in the house of God and the people of God, you're casting a vote for the devil and you're casting a vote against Jesus. And your testimony is damaged. I love this story. I've told it several times. Several's heard it in our church. But since we got guests, they've never heard it. They've never heard it. I went and seen Miss Libby's grandmother. Precious woman. Precious woman. She, she was in a hospital bed. And she couldn't hear. <laughs> I mean, we had to holler. Hello! She couldn't hear. And oh, what a precious. And she said, she said, Pastor, now I've, how many years was it she had not missed a service? How many? 37 years. And here's why she looked at me and she said, she said, I can't hear a thing the preacher's saying, but I want the devil to know whose side I'm on. I love that. I never forgot that. See, whenever you're here and in your place, you're building a testimony. Isn't it not amazing? Isn't it not amazing? During the Civil War, the Union troops were moving through the South and, and uh, they were in a, approaching this certain plantation and no grandmother and some children had been left behind but soldiers were trying to take care of the place. And when they saw these Union soldiers, they run and hide and hid in the barn and the children climbed up the hayloft. And, but the grandmother did. She stood right in the middle of the road with a pitchfork in her hand. The kids start hollering, Granny, Granny, come in the barn uh, before they hurt you. You can't whip all them soldiers. And she said, I love it. She said, I may not can whip them, but she said, when they leave here, they'll know whose side I'm on. I don't know that I can whip the devil, but when I leave here, I want him to know whose side I'm on. Amen. Every time you pick up the Word of God, and go to the house of God on the day of God. Praise God. You are literally telling the world, I'm on the side of Jesus. Amen. Number one, he lost a testimony. Number two, he lost some trust. What do what kind, what you mean by trust? His faith suffered that day. His faith suffered. That which he had trusted in John 11 to the point of dying for, now... He doesn't have that trust. His trust in that which he cannot see has, has vanished and now his trust is only going to be in what he can see. I like this story and if you've got a better one, tell me and I'll use it. 
One day Darlene come and she said, Honey, I'm going to town. Can I have some money? I said, How much do you want? She said, She thought a little bit. She said, I want $50. I said, Okay. Gladly. She said, Why gladly? Because I said, Had you let me make the decision, I would have given you 100 She said, I'll I said, No, no, no. You said 50 And that's all she got. Now the next time she said, I need some money. And I said, how much you want? Whatever you feel like you want to give me. <laughs> you know what? That's exactly the way God is. God, I got to see this. I got to see this. God said, okay, Thomas. Okay, okay, Thomas. Walks in. Thomas, here, Thomas. Th- Thomas, here. He said, Thomas, you're blessed because you've seen. But he said, I want to tell you something. The real blessed ones that have believed and have not seen. See, a loss of trust. You, and, and I believe folks are, when we get into this place, and, and, he missed, and he lost trust that day. But before then, he believed. He believed. Oh, Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered together in thy name, though am I in the midst of them? One, two, he's here. Amen. Hallelujah. Thomas had a faith that needed to be built up. And can I say this? The very place he could have got his faith built up, he wasn't there to get it built up. The Bible doesn't say you have to go to church to go to heaven. The Bible doesn't say you have to go to church to be a Christian. But the Bible does say that if you're going to be obedient, you've got to be in church. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a man or some is, but exhorting one another. So much more as you see the last days approaching. Number three, the loss of testimony, the loss of trust. Can I say the loss of true blessing? And when he had said, so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. There is a blessing in his presence. And you can't get it at home. You can't get it watching television. You can't even get it listening to the radio. There's some things that you're going to get in the presence of God you're not going to get Anywhere else. You're not going to get on the lake, which I know some says, I'm going to the lake. He didn't appear in the home. He appeared in the midst of his disciples. And oh, how I said earlier, dear Lord, any time you want to interrupt our order of service, you go right ahead in our presence. Boy, last, last two or three weeks, he, he's been doing that around here. Some of you got it unnerves you when the choir started singing and people started weeping and started filing out and filling the altars and folks started coming. It kind of unnerved some of you. It didn't bother me none. God, just keep them moving. Just keep them moving. Because I want you to know, I want Him to have, there's a blessing in His presence. Not only that, but there's a blessing in obedience. There's just some things that you get. You, you know, tonight, 
the, the Bible says on, on the first day of the week, we'd bring our, 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 our tithes and offerings into the storehouse. And God said, I'll bless you. And we talked about this morning. I love this. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in stores. God will prosper him. Be no gathering when I come. There's, there's a blessing in that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I hope you're past this. If you're not, you should be. Man, what a joy it was tonight to give to missions. What a joy it is to be a part of that. Because you see, that's obedience. Now, I don't give expecting God to do something. I'm not... I get Mature past some of that. That you don't give for God to do something. Well, I want to talk. I'm expecting a blessing. No, won't you just give out of obedience and leave the blessing up to God? You might be amazed what He'd do for your life. How much He'd bless you. There's a blessing. There's a blessing in obedience. A young man was a star uh, ball player, a pitcher. Their team had went to the championship. And he was a star pitcher. And I mean, he was extremely good. He loved it beyond a, anything else. But the game was going to be played on a Sunday. He went to the coach and he said, Coach, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be in the house of God on Sunday. I won't be playing that game. He shows up for church that evening and all the teams on the other side of the road pleading for him. They said, we're going to lose the game if you don't come and pitch. We're going to lose the championship. See, I know why some of you would say, you know, man, that, that, that's, that's stupid. You, just one ball game. No, you don't know the rest of the story. He did win in that service. He was in his place. He never did become a star pitcher. But he did become the pastor of the largest Baptist church in the world at one time. I'm thinking it started right there with him being in his place. A place of obedience. You will never, you will never outdo God obeying Him. You will never, never, never outdo God Obeying him. I got this story. I got to tell you. Years ago, I'd heard that statement all my life. You can't not give God. You can't. And you know, I wanted to know if it's true. I did. I want to know it's true. I tell you what I done. I took four fifty dollar bills. It's been a long time ago, so don't go looking now. Amen. God ain't laid that on my heart in a long time. But that day God laid on my heart to put four $50 bills in four envelopes and to put them in different places. And I would say, God, who has a need? And, I would, and God would lay some out of my heart and I would make sure they got it. Nobody else knew it. And, and uh, no, nobody else knew it. And I started doing that. I put one where God told me to go. I wasn't expecting nothing. I just did it. 
I put another one where God told me to go. But before I got the third one, God had done give me what was back in the first two envelopes and more. By the time I got the third one, and literally by the time I got done, I said, you know, that is true. You will never outgive God. I don't care what you do. It's impossibility. He's just a great God. Amen. All I want you to know, Dr. W.A. Griswell, the great preacher of First Baptist Church in Dallas, was greeting people one day, and a lady came out, and she went to one of these real formal churches, and she said, Dr. Criswell, I feel so sorry for you, Baptist. Well, why is that? She said, you're so bad and wicked, you have to come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, three times a week. And she said, oh, over in our place, we have to go one time. We're not as bad as you are. Dr. Griswell, with a twinkle in his eye, said to her, dear lady, if I had to listen to what you have to listen to once a week would be enough for me too. <laughs> Amen. God does understand. God does understand sickness and shut-ins and Sometimes we are providentially hindered. God understands all of that. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. You know when you could be there. Thomas could have been there, but he wasn't. Poor thing he lost. Don't miss this. Thomas never got this later. Then Jesus said to them, Peace be unto you, and as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Give me this microphone. He literally said this. He said, boys, he said, peace. Now he give, he give, he give Thomas peace later on. But for eight days, Thomas went without peace. Not real smart to go one day without the peace of God, but he went eight days. Eight days later, Jesus shows up and he gives him peace. But I, 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 I challenge you, find where Jesus done his. Over that group of men. And Thomas wasn't there. He lost the power of God. Just because he wasn't there. You don't know the service God's going to show up and do something for you. You don't know the service He's going to show up and go (laughs) right in the middle of your heart and you weren't expecting it to come. Amen. Praise God. I want that. Let me give you the remedy. What's the remedy? Well, the remedy's here. The remedy's number one. The encouragement of friends. I love this. Dear church, here's what he said. And the other disciples therefore said to him, We've seen the Lord! They didn't go out and say, Oh, I tell you, I survived service yesterday. Oh, by the way, we, we saw the Lord. He's there. No, 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 no. My God, sometimes we're our worst enemy. Nor did they say, Why, God, Peter preached. I didn't think Peter would ever shut up a preaching. Didn't say that. 
And he said, my God, I'm telling you, that's a hot church last night. I was, just, just stick a fork in me, I'm done. They didn't say that. They didn't say that. They didn't say that. They didn't leave and say, my God, can, can you believe? Did you see how she looked at me? Did you see? I know she's standing me. I'm going to claw her out. They say that junk. Hey, Thomas! 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 We saw the Lord! Thomas, we saw the Lord! We saw the Lord. The greatest witnessing. And brother, we do. We knock on doors every week around here. But the greatest witnessing will ever be is you and me. When you go to work tomorrow, house service, man, I tell you, praise God, we had a great service. Man, yesterday, I mean, we had a great, we saw the Lord, the Lord helped us. He moved in our service. Thomas, I love this. You know, he, he, he didn't say, man, Mary Madeline, I mean, she had the craziest hat on you ever seen. He didn't say that. He said none of that stuff. He said, we saw the Lord. The greatest testimony that you could ever have is this to convince a lost and dying world is we've seen the Lord. How long has it been since you've seen the Lord? Number one, the encouragement of friends. Number two, the encouragement of facts. And after eight days, again the disciples were within. Thomas with them. Then came Jesus. Door being shut, stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas. I love this. Didn't beat around the bush. He said, let me take care of old doubt and discourage Thomas first. Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. Thomas was convinced because of friends, the encouragement of friends, and the encouragement of facts. Here tonight, we serve a living Savior. Amen? We serve a God that's, that's, that's alive and everything is all right in my Father's house. The Russians are going to battle. They're going to, they, it's going to be a mess. But God's still on the throne. He didn't have to take Xanax. He didn't have to take a, he didn't have to take a pill. He didn't have to take another pill today. Everything's all right in my Father's house. And our Father, our God, lives here tonight. The encouragement of friends and the encouragement of facts. How do you get them facts? Being here tonight. Being here this morning. We talked about some things shaken to get to some things that's never shaken. Here tonight, how do you get encouragement? By being here. By being here. And may I say, Thomas said, My Lord and my God. Is He your Lord? Is He your God? Is He your Lord? Is He your God? Let's all stand to our feet.